Welcome, folks, to the Week 6 Roster Watch Tradecast. My name is Byron Lambert, and this is where we'll talk high-level, season-long, and even some dynasty trade strategy every Wednesday of the season. This podcast is sponsored by our pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com, where a pro membership is cheaper than a cup of coffee. Okay, listen, I apologize for the audio in the last episode. I was crammed inside a small basement in Colorado. And trust me, the air is very, very thin up there. All right, the week six trade market has taken shape. And these are your instructives. Well, one of your instructives was going to be for the 5-0 and teams and 4-1 and teams that are listening to this podcast available on iTunes also at rosterwatch.com, was to sniff around David Johnson on the teams that were 0-5 and and 1-4 in your league. Obviously, now that dynamic has changed with the addition of Adrian Peterson in Arizona. And I'm not sure we're all that interested in making that move anymore. Maybe for a 5-0 and or 4-1 and team that's super, super stacked uh, in a league with deep roster limits. Uh, you could look at tossing a couple of the trash man's wooden nickels to a desperate and struggling David Johnson owner. Hard to believe you're going to be able to count on much there. And now with Adrian Peterson in the fold, really feels like the Cardinals may be punting on this season. They need a quarterback badly. There are some... Really nice quarterback prospects coming up in this year's. Well, and I guess in what's going to be the 2018 draft, you know, we'll, your boys here will be all over that for you guys. We'll be outrunning intelligence for Roster Watch Nation on next year's rookie crop. And you got to believe the Cardinals will be at the top of the list looking at these quarterbacks in the first round. You know, there's the record's not bad right now. It's kind of a lot like the Dolphins. It feels like their record should be a lot worse than it is. They're actually in it in their division, so we'll see if they can turn it around. But this feels like they're preparing to let David Johnson kind of sit out the whole season. Anyways, um, that was on the list. It's not really a mandate much longer. Um, Look, most owners at this point in the season, you guys shouldn't recognize the teams that you drafted any longer. Or you should just barely recognize it. I mean, it's, it's our roster should be undergoing uh, transformation. Not the kind of transformation that the robot genius has been thinking about undergoing. But the kind that wins us our fantasy leagues. And that's by cultivating waiver wire gold uh, every week on the waiver wire cheat sheet. And that's by scouring your league every week for trade opportunities that you can consolidate the assets that we've built, that we've accumulated into more premium assets you can insert in your starting lineup so that you can have an advantage every week. This is something we need to be doing every week. And that's why we decided to make this podcast was so we could kind of do the homework for you and make this simple on you. If you're still running with the team that you drafted, look, maybe you got off to a great start like that. Every once in a while, you can that can happen, but more than likely, 
Uh, if your team looks like the one that you drafted, you're not making enough moves. And look, it's great if you've gotten a bunch of wins with that team, but you need to be looking ahead and you need to be looking to capitalize on the value you've accumulated if you do have a hot start and look for ways to improve your roster and solidify it as you move forward. As you guys know, we've been at Chargers training camp the last two years. We are big, big fans of Melvin Gordon. We predicted his breakout last year. I mean, he's owned by a lot of Roster Watch Nation this year. With Anthony Lidd in the fold, that really they want to be a Melvin Gordon offense. I just know that they do. I've seen it at camp. It's changed. I mean, the seminal moment for Melvin Gordon in his career... I mean, look, when we were at camp last year, he he looked so klutzy trying to catch the football in drills compared to a Danny Woodhead who was, you know, so comfortable catching balls and all the running back pass catching drills. And But the seminal moment for Melvin Gordon's career and fantasy value was when Danny Woodhead went down. And it's kind of a lot like we told you guys about Todd Gurley from Rams camp this year when Lance Dunbar missed all of camp and we said, look, Gurley has a chance to seize the third down role here and become a workhorse, which is monster for fantasy. They're the, the, it's a rare breed to have the three down back anymore. Even the good backs, a lot of them come off after first and second down. I mean, look at Jordan Howard. And Jordan Howard, by the way, he's a heck of a running back. They need to feed that guy. He's going to get his carries. But anyways, Melvin Gordon, he got his opportunity. When when Danny Woodhead went down, he came in, he caught the ball, and he played well on third down. He's a workhorse back. Anthony Lynn wants it to be that way. They've made a commitment to improve that line. I saw it at camp this year. There was so much more centered around everything they were doing around Melvin Gordon than last year. So, look, we love Melvin Gordon. And we need to we need to learn the difference between – a sell and a sell high. So I think some of you guys are getting a little bit antsy. But as much as we love Melvin Gordon, and I own Melvin Gordon, he is in certain situations a consideration to sell high right now. A lot of you guys were worried about him last week, mainly because he'd had one down week. And the fantasy production had been there prior to that, but the touches weren't good. And we told you guys, look, relax. He's gotten you double-digit points three out of four weeks. We don't want to hear any complaining about it. Then he goes off for the monster this last week. And look, the Chargers, I think, found started to find a little bit of their identity. Will they continue riding Melvin Gordon? Is he healthy enough? I think he's, as predicted, getting healthier and trending healthier. Can he carry the load long-term? We certainly hope so. If he's a horse you got to ride, you love him and you keep him. We love Melvin Gordon. He's got a great outlook on the rest of the season. But he is a sell high right now. And he has a great matchup this week, but he's got Denver next week. And there's a buy on the horizon as well. So if you're a team that we're usually aiming to consolidate assets into one premium player, and by that I mean we've either drafted an excellent team or we've picked up some great guys on the waiver wire over the course of the season, or both, most likely both. And we've got a stacked team. Well, look, we can't play all those guys every week. So what are we doing with some depth is nice to navigate the bye weeks and the attrition 
of the season. We do want that. And we always talk about changing gears in the fantasy season, like changing gears in a poker tournament. We're not quite to the point around November where we want to start consolidating everything into our starting lineup, all of our assets. Right now, we still want some depth. But if we're super stacked, most of the time what we want to be doing right now is taking two of our maybe medium players and going and aiming for ultra-premium, high-quality players that are every week must-starts for us. It makes our lives easier. It reduces the headaches with our sit-starts. And you just know it's a great player that if you put him every week in the long run, this is going to serve your team well. That's what we're looking for. Well, on occasion, we're in the opposite side of that fence. And I think there's probably some owners out there that may own Melvin Gordon or in that situation. So what we're saying is he's not a sell. Don't go out of your way to sell Melvin Gordon. We still like him a lot on the season. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. We'll see. He could finish easily neck and neck the rest of the way with Todd Gurley. Easily that could happen. We'll see. Um, but it, it could be on the opposite side of the fence where if you're in a team that's in a position that you have, you need some help right now for whatever reason, I think Melvin Gordon, his value, it's hard for his value to be much higher. It's four double digits, four out of the first five weeks. He had the absolute mega monster this last week. He looks sick. If you've got to break him down into two buy low assets that you're going to receive by selling him that help you have what looks like a better starting rider, a starting roster and a better depth chart to navigate the buys. I certainly think it's a consideration. I own Melvin Gordon. It's something I'm thinking about whether or not I do, I do it. I don't know. Like I said, he's a sell high. He's only a sell high. We're not selling Melvin Gordon to sell Melvin Gordon. And you know, it, it, it brings up another point. I mean, you guys, I mean, you got to know when to stand pat. You know, we're not looking to make a move just to make a move here. Waiver wires, we want to make moves pretty much every week. Trades, we want to look every week. Has to make sense for us. Has to make sense. You know, and the same thing goes for a buy low. You guys need to know what the difference between a buy low and a must buy is. Some of you guys are getting too antsy. We talk on guys about buying low on here, and then I go into the comments section at rosterwatch.com where myself, the trash man, and our managing editor, Alex Dunlap, and executive producer of the Maniacal Roster Watch podcast, also available on iTunes. That's on Tuesday for the Waiver Wire edition. Um, he's also the executive producer of the Roster Watch radio program on Sirius XM on Channel 210 and uh, Series 210 XM87, that's Saturday nights at 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can join us for a cup of coffee on Sunday mornings from, what is that, 7 to 9 Eastern as we finalize our lineups. Uh, Those are the days that we're always going over all the intelligence that we're getting from our network of bookies and sports books um, as to who it is that Vegas likes and who it is that Vegas hates in our fantasy lineups. I can never personally finalize any of my DFS or season-long lineups without seeing that information. Uh, definitely come join us on SiriusXM for all of that talk as we kind of corner the weekend there. Um, 
Yeah, but I'm just seeing too many comments in the comments section at rosterwatch.com where we go in and we interact with you guys. We personally answer as many of your fantasy questions, and a lot of them trade-related. Because trade scenarios are so personalized and so unique from each one to the next <clears throat> that we answer as many of those as we can every week for you guys. And I'm just I'm telling you, I'm a little bit surprised. I go in there. We have a sharp group. But when we talk about a buy low on this podcast, I don't want to go in the comments section and somebody, you guys are sometimes just talking about paying way too much for these guys. And I think you've confused a buy low with a must buy. Those are two different things. Make sure you're buying low if we are telling you that's the case. Alex touched on it a little bit in the podcast yesterday, uh, the week six waiver wire podcast. That uh, he touched on the strategy that he and I have been utilizing, and I'd say the last seven to ten days in all of our trade offerings and dealings, uh, with kind of an angle towards these Miami and Tampa Bay guys who don't have any buys left the rest of the season. I'm not sure we're the only ones thinking of that at this point, uh, but that is a nice benefit right now to help navigate these buys. There's going to be a lot of buys that hit a lot of teams like week eight through week 11. And it's going to get tough. And if you have the Mike Evans, the Deshaun Jacksons, the Doug Martins, the Jay Ajayas, potentially, we'll still talk about him in a little while. Any of those guys, you know, that's nice to not have to fade a buy. Something to keep in mind. Something to factor into some of your trade strategies this week. All right, it wouldn't be a an episode of anything roster watch if we didn't talk about Marshawn Lynch and Ty Montgomery. So, I think most of you guys are probably happy to have to know and to have seen that we talked about this exact scenario on last week's podcast. Uh, that this was the time to play Marshawn Lynch. This was the time to play Marshawn Lynch and start getting his value up and the time to start after that. Then then thinking about shipping him off. He's had this three-game home stretch. We've been pointing to it for a few weeks now. And he got the touchdown. He got the touchdown. It was still not enough carries. He got the touchdown. The fantasy points came out okay. EJ Manuel, luckily, this looks like it's going to be a one-week deal for him and Derek Carr is coming back. I mean, what we need for Marshawn Lynch is we need the game script to stay proper. Hopefully the return of Derek Carr can assist with that. That's really, really what we need for him to turn into what we want on the season. But that's not really our strategy anyway. Our strategy all along has been ride him early and then ship him out. And this three-game home stretch is the one we've been pointing to. So, look. I think you we I, we're sticking to it. I think you play him all three weeks here. You play him this week and next week, and I think it's going to be a pretty good run for Lynch. And in the meantime, every week as this thing escalates, if, if it does, as we hope, we're going to keep we're going to warm up our attempts to try to ship Marshawn Lynch off. Now, I think this week already is a time where in trade offers you can start throwing them in and thinking about moving them and somebody might see some value on him and bite on him. 
you know, if it's in a, one of these multiplayer deals that you're offering up to try to get a more premium player, we would sign off on that. I think it might work, actually. It might work a little bit, especially if you explain to them about the home games coming up. Um, I, more than likely for most owners, I believe Marshawn Lynch is going to be a hold one more week. Let's hope he gets in the end zone again this week against the Chargers. Let's really, really hope that he does. And then if that happens, I think that that's going to give us two weeks to try to sell high on him because he'll have another home game the week after that. And that'll be that'll be right where we want to be. So that's kind of our weekly update on Marshawn Lynch and our strategy with him. Holding, looking to sell. Things going according to plan. Let's hope it stays on track the next two weeks. Keep playing him if you have to. Oh boy, man. I'm, I hope, we really, really hope you guys listen to all these podcasts for the last three weeks. Might even be almost four weeks now about getting prepared to trade Ty Montgomery. We really, really, really hoped you guys listened. We shipped him out in all of our leagues. I mean, I, I traded him last week. See, the time you had to get it, it's been really, you've been dealing on short, really short time frames with Ty Montgomery. It was that we wanted to trade him before that Bears game, but that was a Thursday night game. That was hard to pull off. You know, then we got lucky last week with the talk about him being on track to potentially play again this week against the Cowboys last week. And it was still a muddled picture with Aaron Jones. I, so I took advantage of that. Once it said he might be in the, play to, in the mix to play last week, I shipped him out for Randall Cobb and Deshaun Jackson. I'm so thankful that I did. We hope that you guys did as well because... Listen, this dynamic has now changed for Ty Montgomery. It's not a good situation. I mean, you're probably aware of that by now. Aaron Jones, he's a good player. He's a rookie. I mean, let me back this up. We've been saying for a long time that the Packers, primarily I've been saying this, that team plays no less than five running backs every year. I think it's a very tough situation to predict on the long haul, especially because these are rookies we're talking about in Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. And, and you know they're going to play Ty Montgomery when he gets back in. His role is going to change. I, hell, they might start – he might be less of a running back and more of a Percy Harvin again. He may still be just getting his pure running back snaps and it'll be some kind of timeshare when he gets back. They're going to need them all. They're going to need all those guys over the course of the season. So Montgomery could be valuable again, but I mean, in the meantime, I mean, the main thing is Aaron Jones is a running back. Ty Montgomery is a wide receiver. He's not thick enough through the legs and the hips. He's not squatty enough. Aaron Jones has the body of the running back. and He's got that pop and he's a good fit for the offense. And this is what the Packers are looking for. So this is a timeshare moving forward. I don't know if Aaron Jones, I he might be able to run away with it. He looks so darn good. But you got to expect that all these guys are going to play. And Aaron Jones has done enough now that barring injury, and if this continues, it's very difficult to see Ty Montgomery earning the 92% snap count he had early in the season. So sorry to say it. Hope you shipped him off if you still had him. If you still have him, you're just going to have to make uh, turn lemons to lemonade, and you'll just have to keep listening to – 
this podcast every week and using the waiver wire cheat sheet every week and finding other ways, uh, you know, to improve your team. For access to more tools and more content like this, come join our winning community with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. What to do with Joe Mixon? He's an interesting player. The touchdown really saved his day. He was going to be a prime by low target if he didn't get that touchdown. There's still owners that I'm not sure he's a core part of their roster and he's got to buy this week and maybe they're goosey about the sub three yards per carry. I mean, I'm sure they're aware Jeremy, Jeremy Hill's snap count has declined. I mean, we obviously like Mixon. I say what to do with him. I mean, he's pr- just because I, with him having a buy, if you're a team that needs to sell somebody to... Look, we got to be trash men. The one great thing that the trash men has taught us over the years is we have to live in the moment. And we have to try to win now and have the best roster to win this week. That is one of the, that is a mantra at rosterwatch.com. And you, so you got to have to consider you know, if you're a team that needs to win this week and you got Joe Mixon on by, I think you could consider trading him. I mean, he's going to be good. We like him, and I think he's more likely as a breakout than not. But let's be honest, he hasn't looked that great so far. The touchdowns have saved him. So I think if you have to sell him, you have to sell him. Now on the flip side, what obviously what we're far more interested in doing is going to a team that is in that situation that owns Joe Mixon that needs to win this week and has a buy and finding a way to get Joe Mixon off their hands. That's a prime instructive this week. It's a smart move. If it doesn't work out, we'll live with the results. But a Joe Mixon with a positively trending snap count and 20 touches, 15, 20 touches a week, Possibly more. Man, we like that. On a good offense, on an I say good offense, an improving offense. That that Bengals offense is on the upswing in Cincinnati. So go look and see what the deal is with Joe Mixon in your league. It's worth a look. A couple other tidbits here before we dive into the very specific list of players I've compiled for uh, this week's trade cast. Uh, I saw on the site in the comments section this week, I was in there just answering some questions for some pro subscribers, some of roster watch nation. And you know what? You guys are doing a great job. A lot of you in the comments section of answering each other's questions. We get to as many of these personally as possible. We truly do. I know that you see it. I know that you see it. And, but y'all are a great resource. This is a huge community and it's an intelligent one at this point. And there's nothing greater than our intelligence as a community, as a whole. Share it with each other. Go in, visit with your neighbors, visit with the other members of Roster Watch Nation, the comments section of any article at rosterwatch.com, any front page post in the ticker. 
We're in there all the time. I live in there daily. Y'all know it. But go in there, answer each other's questions, read each other's questions, talk trades in there. You can learn a lot of things. But I was in there in this week and there was a question about Carson Wentz for Carlos Hyde. And it was a question of, can I trade Carson Wentz for Carlos Hyde? And I mean, that's the kind of, we love that. That's the kind of question that that we love. That's the kind of thinking that we love. We love where your head is at with those kind of ideas. You're doing it right, Roster Watch Nation. And yeah, I mean, so what's happened is, of course, we love trading a quarterback for a skill player that can be a, a, a at least a quasi-premium player in our starting lineup in Carlos Hyde and certainly going to add some depth to your team if you're trading a quarterback to him. Yeah, we love that move. And what I'm noticing is I'm seeing more and more of these kind of moves and these kind of questions. And what's happened is with the emergence of Deshaun Watson and to a lesser extent Alex Smith, Teams now have, there's some teams out there, some teams of Roster Watch Nation out there that have two quality quarterbacks on their roster. And it's been a weird year for quarterbacks. It's been a weird year for quarterbacks. Some teams are hurting and they want what they feel is a solid quarterback play right now. So we told you last week, Deshaun Watson was a sell high. I think he's, but we told you also that he's a, we love Deshaun Watson. We always have. We think he's definitely the rare waiver wire quarterback and especially rare rookie waiver wire quarterback that could be a season long solution at your quarterback position. We've had him atop the quarterback heap on the waiver wire cheat sheet every week at rosterwatch.com where you can become a winner in just a few minutes a week with a pro membership. Um, and I, but I think Watson continues to be a sell high. I think he's a, a legit keep. I think he's also a sell high if you can. But what people are saying is, no, screw that. I'm going to keep Deshaun Watson. And now I'm going to trade my Carson Wentz or my Russell Wilson or my Matt Ryan or whoever it might be. Some pretty good options. Yeah, go get yourself a quality skill player if you can do that. You know, and t- to a lesser extent, Alex Smith has made this possible too. Everybody's still skeptical of whether he can keep this up. This is a torrid, torrid pace on a team with very few receiving options on the outside. But between Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt and Charkandrick West and Travis Kelsey and DeAnthony Thomas, Alex Smith has been lighting it up in fantasy and looks super legit. So there's a lot of teams that have him as well, and they've made put you in a two-quarterback situation where you have a good one that's expendable. Yes, we sign off on you guys going out and turning extra quarterback equity into prime skill players that are going to get us through the bye weeks and help us get to the playoffs and hell help us win in the playoffs. So these are these are great moves and I'm happy to see that kind of activity in the comments section at rosterwatch.com. Um Okay, and one last little bit of news here that's actually pretty juicy for a whole set of wide receivers coming up. Uh the Redskins defense was looking like a pretty solid play coming off a bye with the 49ers coming all the way east after having just traveled to Indianapolis. 
I like it less now that Josh Norman looks like he's out for maybe a month or so. We'll see how long. He could be out for an extended period of time. That changes the whole dynamic on a defense. And then the more I think about it, it's a Shanahan return game, and you got veteran quarterback and Hoyer, and veteran receiver and Garcon and some return game, and kind of cooling off on the Redskins' defense this week. I still don't think it's a bad play, but with Josh Norman out, let me look it up. I mean, that certainly helps Pierre Garcon this week. I mean, you like that as a you like that as a boon for him. And let's see, this changes a few things for a couple other guys. I mean, in week seven, one of the matchups we've been concerned about for Alshon Jeffrey was this Josh Norman matchup. No longer does that look like it's likely to be the case. If so, that's an uptick for Alshon Jeffrey. In week eight, the Dallas Cowboys, the Redskins at home against Dallas. If he's not there, that's a boon for Des Bryant. And then you have week nine, 10, and 11, which hopefully he'll be back by then for the Redskins' sake and for their fans. But week nine is Doug Baldwin. Week 10 is Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. And week 11 is Michael Thomas with the Saints. So. Those are all players that their schedules have just improved. Whether you own them, it's a heartwarming feeling. Whether for some reason those are players you might be targeting in trades or have an opportunity to trade for. That's definitely a nice little uptick in in this in their schedules and their upcoming schedules. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining me today on the week six roster watch trade cast. My name is Byron Lambert. And let's dive right in now to very specific players that are have emerged from the week six trade market that are squarely on the radar of roster watch nation or that uh, we hope that all of you guys will at least peruse your leagues for and see what might be able to be done so one thing we always talk about one thing we love at roster watch is we love when week Four, five, six comes around and we this, the vultures start to circle. And we just love to swoop down when our prey is kind of like laying on the ground and struggling or basically dead, maybe already dead, and just swoop down and you know peck the shit out of their eyeballs and their guts. And we just want to we want to kill those poor bastards while they're on life support. That's what we want to do in our fantasy leagues. We want to swoop in like big, ugly vultures on the teams in our league, and we want to pick them apart for all their good players. We want to cut the cord on their life support. It's harder to do on the sharp players. Probably going to get more traction with the shitty players that are in emergency mode. But anytime you have a chance to put a good player out, you want to do it. And it doesn't always have to happen in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Sometimes that can happen in a desperation trade. If you know what you're doing. So the one prime candidate, I'd say on the vulture list this week, I've seen him in a few leagues. This is a situation It's surprising because he's had a great season. But some of the teams, some of the owners just don't have good teams around him. I'd say Aaron Rodgers. Quarterback Green Bay Packers is a good 
good candidate to circle around on for the teams that are 0 and 5 or 1 and 4 in your league that might be Aaron Rodgers owners. Now, smarter owners will probably think that Aaron Rodgers is their only way out of that hole. But there's a lot of people that feel very desperate when they feel like their season's out of hand. And you're not going to be able to go offer them some bullshit. I don't expect you to. I wouldn't. I'd go offer something legitimate. But if Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy that can improve your team, which I would imagine he can improve almost every team that's listening to this, if there's a 1-4 and or an 0-5 team in your league that owns Aaron Rodgers, you know, in the handful of leagues where that's the case, go check it out. He'd be a great guy to steal from its struggling team gasping for its last breaths of air. From something morbid to something we love a lot more in the Greek pricing king swindling type of way at rosterwatch.com is the sell high. We love selling high. We love making money. We love the smell of money. We love the look of money. We love the feel of money. So the guys that we want to look at selling high on this week, that list starts with Buck Allen of the Baltimore Ravens after a nice week, a nice week. I've seen some people, I can't believe some of the questions we've been getting on Twitter at Rosterwatch on Twitter where Alex and I engage our followers frequently, daily, answering a lot of fantasy questions on there as well. And please follow us on Twitter, at Rosterwatch. And I've been seeing some crazy offers. People, we've had to say, no, what are you doing? Guys that were about to fall for offers that have been sweetened by Buck Allen, where they're about to give up a guy we consider, you know, some kind of top you know, 25 players or something. We said, what are you doing? No way, not for Buck Allen. And look, those of you who followed us for years know how much we like Buck Allen. We like Buck Allen. We don't trust the situation. Do not, do not be buying high on Buck Allen. But what that tells me is there's a market to sell high on Buck Allen. So let's be smart and let's get on that side of the fence. If we own Buck Allen... That's the waiver wire gold. We told you that we've been farming every week from the waiver wire cheat sheet available to our pro subscribers for less than a cheap cup of coffee, as well as every other tool and piece of content we generate at rosterwatch.com every week of the season, every week of the year. Now you've got Buck Allen, who you got for peanuts off the waiver wire, and you now have a player... You now have a player you can apparently sell high on. A player in a... Look, I know Terrence West is out. I don't care. Buck Allen, he's a... Look, if you need to keep him, fine. If you understand his value, if your league mates understand his value, and you keep him, fine. We love that. If you could sell high on Buck Allen, if you could throw him in a combo deal for one of these premium players, get it done. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Same thing with Christian McCaffrey. Don't trust him further than I can throw him, which it might actually be pretty far because he he is a pipsqueak in the NFL. 
He's a pipsqueak. I've always said he's a Reggie Bush. I think that's exactly what we're seeing. I don't, I'm really not that interested, and I just don't think he can get it done in any kind of sustainable, big picture kind of way. He got the points this last week. Guys, let's sell him high while we can. People still think it's Christian McCaffrey. He's young, he's sick, Cam Newton's heating up, he's getting more action. He got, you know, the points look good last week. I think people can still be fired up and lathered up about Christian McCaffrey. You know, again, he's not a must sell. Let's make the distinction. If you got to keep him, especially in PPR, certainly just fine to roll out Christian McCaffrey when you need to. But again, if I can sell him high, if I can sell him in a combo deal for a premium player, I think it's a good idea for Christian McCaffrey owners to at least examine it. Stick with another squirmy running back that's a PPR and receiving asset. A guy that we have never had much interest in and have been dead on about to this point in his career. But a guy that we've had to get higher, much higher on the waiver wire cheat sheet. So several of you guys own him. Uh, That's Duke Johnson in Cleveland. That thing's such a mess that just the game scripts are a disaster for Crowell. The line's a disaster for Crowell. Crowell might be a disaster for Crowell. Duke Johnson's been on fire and been a great play and a great waiver wire pickup, especially in PPR. He's he's the running back to own in Cleveland the rest of the season. And truthfully, again, he's not a must-sell. I think he's a plenty plenty fine player to keep and keep playing if you if you can, but... You know, anytime you can look and say that this is the highest a player's value has ever been in his whole career, I mean, you have to start to consider that a sell high, at least a consideration for sell high. Duke Johnson, give him the Christian McCaffrey, give him the Buck Allen treatment. Move on to a few wide receivers here. Kelvin Benjamin, I'm a Kelvin Benjamin owner. I think he's just a fine, he's same thing, he's a fine hold, he's not a must sell, but we've reeled off a couple of good games here, the game log looks good, I, I don't want to say I don't trust it, I like owning Kelvin Benjamin, I like him, I think the thing with Kelvin Benjamin is we've just, we've seen who he is, we've seen what this offense is, it's just what is his upside? What is his upside? I think you're just, it's a good chance you get double digit points from him in a given week, but it's usually lower end double digit points. And you're praying for it. You're praying for it. You're hoping for touchdowns. You know, the volume can be there on occasion. Just don't think it's a high upside situation with Kelvin Benjamin. He's fine to keep, but this is a good time to look at shopping him. A good time to look at shopping him. He's got the name value, the game log looks good. People think that Cam Newton's on fire, that that Panthers offense is on fire. That's all fine and dandy. But Kelvin Benjamin, a guy that we should be looking at, seeing what we can parlay him into. A couple more sell highs here. Terrell Pryor, never been hot for him in this situation with Washington. Maybe we'll be proven wrong. He's coming, coming off the bye, so a little out of sight and out of mind. Just not in love with any of that passing situation for this year at least you know we got we still have an eye on Josh Doxson from afar stashed at the bottom of a bunch of our benches especially in Dynasty just to see what happens 
I just think Pryor right now, he got the touchdown out of pregame game before the bye last week. He's one of these guys that when he's one of these guys we own that when we've kind of been waiting all year for the opportunity to try to sell him. And you know, when the iron's hot, we want to strike. There's been a handful of players like that uh so far this season that you know you just if you got stuck with them they've been just a plenty fine play at times but you've been looking for the time to just get rid of them as soon as you can which you can get commensurate value i think Pryor's a guy that you can look into that for if you own him and maybe we'll be wrong but i think if you own him this is a good time that he still has good value where he can be shipped off in one of these deals that we're talking about and then the last two um it's hard to call AJ Green any kind of sell right now or really even a sell high because he's been going off and that that offense is shaping up especially for AJ Green. We we like him moving forward. But again, kind of like Melvin Gordon, I mean, when is his value ever going to be much higher? He is going into the buy, so that's a little bit of a ding that you take, but you're not ever going to take much of a ding on an elite player who's going been going bananas. So I think if you're a struggling team that owns A.J. Green, I mean, there's a good chance maybe, yeah, maybe you just got to keep him and he's one of those horses you got to ride and hope he gets you out of the hole. But if you got to win this week and he's on by, if you're an A.J. Green owner, I think you have to at least, you know, fancy the idea. What can I get for A.J. Green that I can put in my lineup that helps me win definitively and clearly helps me win this week? And I can live with, you know, as good, respectable assets for the rest of the season that I can continue playing and or have plans to retrade or reconsolidate into that premium talent uh, again later in the season, just a few weeks from now, maybe. So something to look at. And then the last one there, Chris Hogan. I mean, he's been, it's been crazy. He's been like a wide receiver one. I've been high on him, super high on him in our rankings the last few weeks. It's really for the most part paid off I don't think he's naturally going anywhere he's a good play he's maybe a hold because people just aren't going to recognize his value but on the other hand the idea of him finishing the season as a wide receiver one is I mean or close to even a high end wide receiver two just feels just that feels preposterous and again you know maybe we'd be proven wrong and he's a good keep but Again, when a player's value is higher than it's ever been, it's the highest it's ever been in their career. I mean, that's that's always a sign that you should consider at least looking at what you can get. So sell highs for this week, Roster Watch Nation. If you own them, Buck Allen, Christian McCaffrey, Duke Johnson, Kelvin Benjamin, Terrell Pryor, Chris Hogan, and A.J. Green, do not confuse them as must-sells. Just... Look, go in your league and look at all those guys and see what their situation is uh, uh, if you own them. And, uh, you know, just see if it's worth consider selling them high uh, right now. All right, let's turn here to one of our favorite throw-ins of the week in a trade. We've been trying to peddle him for a few weeks. I peddled him in a deal with Joe Mixon for uh, Jay Ajay last week. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. I'm not sure i didn't need the depth i'm not sure in the end that'll work out we'll talk about jhi in a minute but i went ahead and went for the move it was amir abdullah plus joe mixon for jhi i mean i'm just so stacked i was looking to 
get a few headaches from sit starts off my plate every week and um just just consolidate some of that depth and i hate we just look we like we like amir abdullah as a person we like him as a football player we liked him at the senior bowl when we were there and scouted him there um as most of you know alex is pretty involved with the big 12 so we saw a lot of amir uh, uh, abdullah well even though it's not the big 12 nebraska is a team that we still kind of keep an eye on from afar let's just say that and that that's just a long time part of the big 12 and Amir Abdullah was a player that we always noticed. So we respect him. We like him. We just don't like him for fantasy. We really don't like him for fantasy. I hate his snap counts. Just don't like his efficiency. Even in PPR, we haven't been that thrilled. So Amir Abdullah is one of the good throw-ins this week. Uh, continues to be. I don't value him that much. So if you can just get him in there, if that helps put a deal over the top for somebody you like, if somebody needs a running back this week, if somebody sees they're going to need an extra running back or an extra flex body the next few weeks, one of the throw-ins of the week is Amir Abdullah. He continues to be, if I own Amir Abdullah, looking to throw him into one of these multiplayer trades for premium fantasy talent. All right, guys, let's keep going here. Let's keep going. I know it's a lot. Like we told you on the podcast yesterday, it's hard to continue the season with the same enthusiasm and the same work ethic and the same grind that you started it with. It's a long season, and we know you got to catch your breath. That's why we're trying to make it easier with the waiver wire cheat sheet every Tuesday at rosterwatch.com. That's why we're trying to make trades easier with this podcast uh, every Wednesday of the season, the trade cast at rosterwatch.com. And so let's throw out a few buy lows here for you. Um. Jay Ajay, we talked about him. He continues to be a buy low. I think he's the ultimate buy low at this point. I mean, you might have a sharp, really stubborn owner that just won't give up on him. That's fine. Maybe the sh- maybe they'll go down with the ship. Maybe it'll rebound and help him out. But, I mean, there couldn't be more of a buy low than Jay Ajay. He got 27 touches. His, his market share of the running back is just ridiculous and, uh, there in Miami. And... He's just a guy that if he gets that much volume, it's it's very hard to see the end of the year, the production not being respectable. And since it's not been very good so far, that means we've got some waves of it coming here. We should. And again, this is a buy low. This is not just a buy. This is a buy low, and it should be a buy very low with JHI right now. And that's what makes it so great. It should be a what do I have to lose situation. I'm giving up so little. Especially if you're a good team. You know, J.H.I., we talked about it, the strategy with these Dolphins, with these Bucks, these guys who don't have buys. J.H.I. does not have a buy for the rest of the season. He's an extra body that's a legitimate body that you help, help get you through the next, you know, four to six weeks of the season with the buys. He's a legitimate running back that if he starts popping, could turn into your RB1 if you're a team that's a little bit short on top end, you know, running back talent. So this is we've been talking about it hadn't it hadn't popped yet but I honestly I just think the situation to buy him has just continued to get better. So until we see him get hurt, until we see him not getting 27 touches a game, I'm always going to consider him a buy low. And I, his his value can really can only get worse, but it's it's as close to as 
it's very low right now. It's very low. It's so low, it's not worth waiting any longer to see if it goes any lower. Jay Ajaya, guys, please, just go see if you can get him for cheap. It's worth a few It's worth five minutes to do it. If it doesn't work out, so what? Um, we already talked about Joe Mixon. We're not sure what to make of him. But sell high, buy low, probably a hold. If you can buy low on him, we told you what our perspective on that was. That's the side of the fence we're on. Uh, the last running back that we want to buy low on is, I think if we're, I think if we're Derrick Henry owners, which look, we we understand some of you guys probably have to drop him. He's one of those guys that just he's so weary of dropping. He could come back to hurt you so bad, and it, had, it just hadn't panned out. Murray just hasn't gotten the injury that's kept him out, and the Titans are committed to that timeshare, and they're committed to. Murray being the lead dog, we need an injury. It's just such a high upside situation that if Murray goes down, it's a, it's a, it's just a monster. It is a monster with Derrick Henry. So I'll never regret taking the chance on him in our drafts. There was a lot of other crap players you can end up with there. So if you've had to drop him, fine. If you can keep him, fantastic. I'd say if I'm a Derrick Henry owner right now, I'm looking at the DeMarco Murray owners. I'm just going to go see what I can get DeMarco Murray for. It's not a great situation. Both are underperforming. You're really hoping for an injury one way or the other. But I think what's better than owning one of them is if you can do it for the right price, owning both of them. At least shore up the situation. Start DeMarco Murray every week until something occurs otherwise. I think it's a reasonable situation for Derrick Henry owners who are struggling at the running back position. And I think most reasonable owners, they it's hard to believe that they'd be married to DeMarco Murray at this point. So DeMarco Murray, a guy worth sniffing around a buy low on. And, and you know what? Maybe that works in the opposite direction. Maybe it's vice versa. Maybe if I'm a DeMarco Murray owner, this is the perfect time to go get Derrick Henry. You know, as a matter of fact, that might be the better idea. So... Members of Roster Watch Nation who are on either side of that equation should go uh, should go at least look what it would take to reconcile it. A few by low wide receivers here. Uh, Randall Cobb didn't have the good game. I know a lot of people were hoping for last week. I think a lot of people were hoping Devontae Adams was going to sit, be an uptick for Cobb. If you look back, last he had just had a monster last year against the Giants, some close to the playoffs, the fantasy playoffs. And then he went to Dallas and had a tough game when people were expecting he was going to have a good one. It seems like for whatever reason, Dallas is taking away Randall Cobb in the recent matchups. And, you know, we'd certainly love him more if it was, if we didn't have Devonte Adams in the mix. But the fact is, on the long run, you're going to. Randall Cobb had a very nice start to the season. It appeared that offense is trending back to what it was two years ago before the Jordy Nelson ACL and then before last year when Randall Cobb was banged up and Jordy Nelson was coming back from the ACL. And it just felt like Randall Cobb was going the way the Dodo Bird. Early signs of life this season that made him look valuable. I tend to think over the long run, he's still going to be a pretty good play this year because Aaron Rodgers is playing well. The offense looks good. If you can buy him low, 
I like buying some stock in Aaron Rodgers and in that offense and putting a little bit into my fantasy lineup, into my starting lineup, into my team, into my roster. That's a little bit of Packers, a little bit of Aaron Rodgers stock. That's good. That's that's a good piece of equity to have in your portfolio. Some slice of that. Cobb, I think, is a good cheap way to do it right now. And even though the Vikings are a tough matchup, I actually think it could be a sneaky rebound game for Randall Cobb. Xavier Rhodes taking away Jordy Nelson, potentially Devontae Adams on the outside. Could be some room for Randall Cobb to operate there. A couple others, you know, once again, back to the Bucks and the Dolphins strategy in as far as trade targets because these are players that don't have a buy because they've already taken their buy in week one due to Hurricane Irma. That's a really nice... Really nice luxury right now is to have players that you don't have to worry about being on by the rest of the season that can kind of help supplement the next few weeks. You know, I will never call Mike Evans a buy low. He's one of the most golden children of Roster Watch Nation. Well, actually, we can never say that. He's just too big and beastly to be a golden child. He's just one of the sickest prospects we've ever scouted live. We were at the Johnny Manziel Mike Evans Pro Day. We lived down the road in Austin, Texas. Um, we watched. Plenty of Mike Evans, very similar as Amir Abdul, even though not in the Big 12 anymore. We obviously keep close tabs on the Aggies like we do the Cornhuskers. And Mike Evans, we just knew he was going to be a sick prospect. You can go look at any write-up we ever had on rosterwatch.com during the 2013 draft season. Uh, We told you from the Combine, we told you from his pro day with Manziel that he was absolutely disgusting and sick and a beast for the NFL because he was the rare, very rare for a big wide receiver. Number one, he's tough, tough as nails, but he's a technician. He's a technician. He does play with power and bodies people, but he's, he's more of a technician than people give him credit for. So Mike Evans, uh, we love him. And it's, so we'll never call him a, a buy low and most reasonable owners won't ever consider him that, but you know, hadn't it hadn't been a monster and hadn't been quite the monster for Mike Evans. Let's just see here. Let's just go back and look. I know last week was was a disappointment in what people were hoping was going to be a real big game against the Patriots. Mike Evans with 5 points, 12 points the week before that. This isn't standard. 7 the week before that, 15 the week before that. So and a bye the first week. So Mike Evans' owners feeling like they've not quite gotten what they've drafted. And now he's got a matchup with Patrick Peterson this week. And that hadn't, you know, that doesn't bode particularly well for at least it it appears to limit his upside this week. You know, so I think there's a chance here, I don't want to say buy low, a chance to at least talk to owners about trading for Mike Evans when otherwise he would usually be untouchable. You wouldn't even be able to begin negotiations on him. This is a rare time. You'll be able to at least, at least see if it's an opportunity to move in on Mike Evans in your league. Of course he has no buy coming up. And so, you know, go sniff around on that and go sniff around on that one. Now Mike Evans was actually a player. We thought the Raiders should take in that 2013 draft. You know, luckily they took Khalil Mack. That's worked out just fine. They really needed that player. And they thought they made up for it the next year when they went in and got Amari Cooper. He's just turning into a major disappointment. Like he needs to go get his eyes checked at the optometrist. I'm I'm legitimately starting to wonder if 
Maybe he's got a vision issue, and maybe that's what's going on with the drops. I mean, owners of Amari Cooper have to be infinitely frustrated. And then sometime comes a point where, A, people are desperate, or B, people just say, all right, I've got to start reading the writing on the wall. Like, this is just what it is, and I can't keep up with this. And I can't keep doing this. So uh, we're not thrilled about Amari Cooper, but obviously Derek Carr coming back. We like the offense. We like his targets. We like some kind of positive regre- uh, you know, regression. He's a, he's a better player than this. So we're not, we're not going out of our way to buy Amari Cooper, but if his game log is so pathetic, I mean, his, his owners are infinitely frustrated and they do not trust him. He's going to be a hold for some people who can't come to a deal, but I certainly see a possibility here to go buy Amari Cooper for pretty cheap right now. And again, we don't love Amari Cooper. There's a lot of red flags here, but it, there, there, there's always a price that we're interested in. Uh, there were that we're interested in these players at, and you know if the price is right, we're interested in Amari Cooper. I mean, let's be honest, and I think all of you guys are smart enough to understand uh, why. All right, guys, let's start to wrap this thing up here. Um, I guess uh, we, you know, one thing we mentioned in the open is that we'll sprinkle in some dynasty trade talk into the uh, these weekly podcasts, uh, the weekly trade cast. This is the week six trade cast. I'm Byron Lambert uh, at rosterwatch.com. We'll do these every week of the season to talk trade strategy in our leagues, and you know we're probably the not probably. Why would I even say that? We are the biggest, most dedicated dynasty outlet out there. We have maniacal effort. 12 months a year. You guys know that. I mean, hell, the season hadn't even ended. It's still, we're watching conference championship playoffs from Mobile, Alabama when we're there for the Senior Bowl, already scouting the next year's rookie crop. So, I mean, we're very dynasty oriented, obviously. We, you know, we are the rookie experts. We're recognized as as such within the industry. And, you know, we firmly believe, and I know you guys have seen the results that our rookie intelligence is second to none. So what that means is we have a big dynasty slant on what we do. And so let's we're always going to talk a little little bit of sprinkle in a little bit of dynasty trade talk into these uh podcasts. And I got one for you guys. Uh maybe you saw us tweet about it the other day. But I think this is a great great long-term dynasty trade target. And this is the time to start sniffing around it. You got to buy in early and you're going to have to let this thing kind of blossom. You're going to have to let it come home to roost. But here's your instructive in Dynasty Leagues. Go out and have a look at what it would take to get Tevin Coleman in your Dynasty League. And let me tell you why. The Falcons just gave the big deal to Devontae Freeman. Coleman, even though Coleman at field, people are worried about Steve Sarkeesian making this more of a one-horse lead-back offense. Then the timeshare that it was really trending toward. I mean, there was a it was 55-45-60-40, oftentimes snap count share under Shanahan last year with Coleman and Freeman. That that certainly was trending in the opposite direction this year under with the new offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. So if people get a little goosey on Tevin Coleman, luckily the production's still been plenty good. He's a fine player, and in that offense, he's got plenty of opportunities. Um, so people aren't itching to sell him right now, but what we're telling you is they gave Devontae Freeman the huge contract, and what's going to happen in about 18 months 
is that Tevin Coleman is going to be heading into free agent into free agency, and other teams are going to offer him a free agent contract so big that the Falcons cannot match it. At which point, Tevin Coleman will more than likely be a member of another team. And whatever team pays him that much money is going to pay him that much money to either be the clear-cut starter or be a big-time player that gets a lot of touches in their offense. And that's the potential boon we're looking for in Dynasty right there. That's a real a guy that's a backup now we can buy low on that eventually becomes a starter that's a good player. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. And, and as a matter of fact, there's a lot of you that own Freeman and Coleman if you use the Dynasty rookie draft cheat sheets the last several years. For those of you that do, this is like a stock split, like a mega stock split. Better than a stock split in terms of the value that you're going to get back if you own them both. And that'll be just amazing as well. So just keep that in mind. That's something to keep in mind. Uh, For the future, remember to play like an expert with the pro membership at rosterwatch.com. One last maybe tidbit here from the comments section from one of our very cherished uh, pro subscribers, Rocky the Crab. This is from the site. This was in the comments section as I was going through it, I believe yesterday, curating some comments and answering some fantasy questions, talking trades with members of Roster Watch Nation. And he put in there, Rocky the Crab put in there that he was giving up Kareem Hunt for Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara, excuse me, in PPR. So this is the trade cast. We love talking about trades that have gone down. See what the market really looks like. And you know what? We want to give you a big thumbs up, Rocky the Crab. Those are the kind of trades we're looking to do. Uh, you know, most of the time we're looking to go for two for one to get up to the premium player, which in a lot of cases people are obviously rightfully so going to say Kareem Hunt and this player is the in the trade is the premium player. However, what you've done and I don't think the owner, other owner realized it, is that Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara are both premium players. With In PPR, with Adrian Peterson sailing, sailing the ship here uh, onto Arizona, Alvin Kamara is all of a sudden a wonderful, very rock-solid option in PPR moving forward. A downgrade from Kareem Hunt. But not, I wouldn't consider it a mega downgrade or a massive downgrade. You've still got a very respectable player there to replace Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara with Adrian Peterson gone in PPR. And now you've put Michael Thomas on top, who we consider a studly and elite wide receiver in fantasy also you know, in PPR. And look, most of the time we want to, we aren't particularly interested in owning two players from the same team. But when one of these situations comes up that's such a good value, you can't pass it up. Look, you realize, look, this is both these. This is on the Saints' offense. Their offense can support me owning two fantasy players from the same team in any given week. 
Oh, this doesn't limit my upside that much, and I'm not sure it really changes my floor all that much. So it was just fine. Rocky the Crab, uh, thank you for letting us know about the trade that you made recently, and uh, we hope that it works out well for you, and we think it was a good one. So thanks for sharing, and we'll be uh, in the comments section at rosterwatch.com to go over more of those um, this week and in the coming weeks. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we thank you so much for joining me today, and uh, I guess until next time, be good, Roster Watch Nation. No, no catch feelings, I just catch pips. On that trade floor, I make my trades flip. That's one trade that I just made. Your whole mother and father's wage slip. I leave West End with a few expensive bags. I be selling stocks and then I buy it back. Then I hit the clubs and then I ball out. I got the tax man thinking I'm supplying crap. But I'm at the same place sitting at my desk. Trying to buy the dollar and then I sell the yen. Exit the trade and then I take the profit. Then I ball out with my nigga tunes again. I